WDBM East Lansing. The impact. And now, Impact Exposure. Exposure gives a voice to our community and provides a forum for discussing the relevant issues of today. Broadcasting from the campus of Michigan State University, this is Impact Exposure. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Quinn Hoffman, and you're listening to Exposure on the Impact 89 FM. Uh, tonight we're changing things up, as we do at the end of every month, and Exposure turns to Sexposure, and we have with us our panel of sexperts. How are you doing, guys? Pretty good. Thanks good. for having us. <laughs> Why don't you uh, all introduce yourselves? We got some new members on this episode from the last one. Hi, this is Dr. Tina Tim, and I'm an associate professor in the School of Social Work and also a sex therapist um, in private practice in the community. Welcome back. It's been a while. I it's know, good to have yes. you back. Thanks for inviting um, me. Yeah, my name is Kevin Bader. I'm a health educator over at Student Health Services um, Health Education Department uh, here at MSU. And my boss right here. Oh, I love that. My boss. Itching <laughs> for a raise already, Kev. We haven't hey. been on the air for more than two seconds. Uh, this is Dr. D, and this is... Uh, it's a pleasure to be back on Impact Sexposure with Quinn Hoffman. I love that name. Good name. Yeah, thank you. Thank Quinn you. Hoffman. And we got Matt there in the booth over there. Yep, Matt and uh, Daniel Razel. Daniel. Or... We'll have to get Daniel to try one yeah, of those. Yeah, this is your first this... exposure, isn't it? <laughs> oh, a, a virgin producer. I love it. <laughs> I love it. First time. Tell us about your first time, Matt. Uh, <laughs> how's it going so far? <laughs> no, it's good to have Dr. Tim back on the show. Yes, you know, it's been... Uh, it's been a little while, and we know Janelle's out there and uh, hopefully listening. Uh, listening, <laughs> but it's been it's a, it's a, it's a great relationship we have with uh, Impact. So, mm-hmm. all right. So uh, for tonight, it looks like our topic is technology and dating, online and offline dating. Yeah, and I don't want to confine this like I told you guys a little bit ago, like just to online and offline dating. But I can't I can't express enough how prevalent I think this conversation is amongst my friends at least and people I've talked to about how there's just so many means of meeting people and when we think of how how central our, our phone is or our technology is in our life it seems to make sense that they've incorporated dating scenes and platforms for people to meet people and it's just become a bigger conversation and, and like I said technology and dating doesn't necessarily just mean the online dating but how it's used to start relationships to kind of in some ways nowadays I think to keep relationships where you would normally talk to the person texting becomes such a vital way of getting things across how so dare you go into this issue without telling our callers, oh, sorry. I wanted, our listeners yeah. that we have the Kevin oh complimentary prize it's got a new pack. name now <laughs> what is it called yes. now uh this Sex pack, yo. The sex pack. So if you <laughs> call in at 432-3893, and I can actually see the number today. It's yeah. great. Uh, you, get a, you get a sex pack, which uh, includes a number of condoms. And if you want anything specific to your sexual well, wellness needs, we can accommodate. We has, have, it, uh, has it changed to a number, or is it We do have a, a number. If it's, it's, if it's a, a hundred condoms is what we kind of decided would be a good year's amount. If you lose Wait, wait a minute. Dr. Tim just rolled her eyes. <laughs> is that really the... I mean, we had this discussion at the last oh, one yeah, about we always what do. does the average couple, how many times do they engage in, let's say, intercourse? Over your heterosexual couple, I mean, is a hundred? 
I was just, I had never heard us <laughs> put a number to it before. Well, he made me do it one show, Judy, and we're like, right, how many right. are we actually going to give out? Right. And so when we kept saying a year's worth, we just kind of round up to 100, I guess. You know, Matt's on the phone already calling in, trying to get that 100. <laughs> I can well, I'm, I'm sure our budget doesn't allow for too many more. If everybody did call in, we'd have to give away 1,000 condoms. It, it was an but, interesting discussion. Yeah. Right. But uh, we do have those sex packs to join the conversation, to com- kind of maybe let us know if you had any methods of meeting somebody other than organically in, in the day-to-day life, um, because like I said, I feel like a lot more people um, have such accessibility to these applications. And while some of them might be very basic applications for different goals, like I said to you guys beforehand, there's hookups, there's a long-term dating, and then there's people that want to find their, their soulmate or their husband or their wife. And and I think that there's those apps and then there's there's more extensive ways that are people young professionals and people I think just in their uh, first years out of college that are finding that with the phone and the technology it becomes easier to meet people while it also sucks so much time and it, it was in an article that I heard it was uh, compared to job hunting because well, you, know, Kevin, you have a profile and you want to make sure you keep up the profile and I've known people to kind of fixate on the importance of this profile that they're putting out there that I used to think it was your character in person that somebody's really going to want to stay with. But there's this investment in these apps uh, that people might find those hookups on the smaller apps but might not find their long, long-term relationship. Um, apps are apps. Apps are apps, and okay. I'm on your you side. Know, I, I, just, I just want to I want to bring Dr. Tim in on this discussion, yeah, and Quinn, please jump in too. Is because we've had a lot of communication lately because on on MSU's campus now we have a sexual assault relationship violence task force and I did a presentation the other day kind of outlining what is the sexual health of MSU students we got into this conversation of what does it mean to be sexually healthy and then we got into the conversation even more about what is a healthy relationship so you know when Kevin started talking about you know tonight's topic and stuff and saying dating apps and hookup apps and what are people really looking for I mean, we have all these apps. We have Tinder, Grindr, all these things you're talking about, which just blow my mind. Everyone trying to meet somebody for what purpose? What purpose are people trying to meet other people for? Is it for casual relationships? Is it for sex? Or, you know, you see so much on TV these days about, you know, uh, Match.com and eHarmony and all these discussions. But so can people just meet people anymore? Is it? Are well, they looking for something else? Are they looking for something very detailed in these Apps. I think these platforms, I think they were explaining in this article that I read, were the, these are the platforms that get them into the real world situations where maybe geographically they're looking for somebody, let's say they're going to school here, but they hope to move back to their hometown. So they're geographically able to look now for people in an area that they know that they're going to move to eventually. So, so is proximity so not a factor For some anymore? people, I think the list goes from the left all the way to the right of, of a whole bunch of reasons why people want to find these connections, what kind of connection. Like we talked about hookup to relationships. Like I think people are on, on the whole spectrum, and I think it kind of can change for one individual. Like I was telling you guys that I've known people to go from a relationship to another relationship, but in the interim they had – um, those one-night stands that they happen to meet on, let's say, Tinder. And I hate to use this phrase again, but it's just it sticks in my ear and it rings, but they called it a Tinder bender where they would just go through the list to see who should I start a conversation with this evening. So I'm going to start a conversation with them, and, oh, I happen to ho- hook up with that person, quote-unquote, that night. But then their ultimate goal is to find that relationship. 
And so I think maybe because people are so busy with work or or like I said, they're they're not looking for somebody in their area that this offers not only 24 hour accessibility, but more options. And don't we love more options? To me, it confuses me and it just adds so much chaos to the mix. But that's just my opinion when it comes to these apps. It kind of becomes overwhelming to me how much it offers or and I don't mean to fixate just on the apps. I, I think it they want a connection. I think they want to find somebody out yeah. there for to connect sexually with, to connect spiritually with, because they have what a, what's that one um, Christian? There's a Christian, um, Christian mingle mingle dot com. So there are I applications. like the one specifically for farmers. Yeah, you know, there is one. That one and it's maybe it's my heart, def- having grown up on a farm. Yeah, and maybe it's people find wanting to find just someone slightly interested in the same thing. Even Becky, our coworker earlier, was saying that sometimes you don't necessarily want to find somebody or you think you want to find somebody that's completely compatible with you. But in all reality, some people meet organically in a supermarket that are nothing alike, like the opposites attract. And would you have found that through a sifting or a... You know, uh, are we going to say something? I was just going to come in in a more global way about um, having been a couples therapist now for over 20 years, how um, there was a there was a time that if a couple came in, and of course one of the assessment questions that I always ask couples is, how did you meet each other? And I remember early on there would be people that would kind of sheepishly and kind of in, embarrassed uh, in, in admit that, you know, I went online and that's how we found each other. And it was, it, it at that time, people were kind of um, almost embarrassed about it because it still had that stigma associated with it like I can't find somebody Mm -hmm. in real life I had to get desperate and go online and I think you know one of the nice things is that that isn't the case anymore I mean I think you talk to lots of people now that meet online and uh, meet online and they're loud and proud about it because it's more commonplace don't you think the pendulum swung too far the other way now that it's too easy to just go online and app and maybe I'm just too old for all this but it just seems too easy like oh i'm gonna pick and choose and i'm gonna ferret out this one because they're not a farmer or this one because they're not christian i mean compatibility isn't about people having the same demographics is it Mm -hmm. well i i think people think that way though and but and but some of the research on compatibility Mm -hmm. does indicate that education level and geographic um, factors and attraction level are um, related to long-term success in relationships. So they're not irrelevant. I think I do worry about what Kevin mentioned, that um, when uh, when people start coming up with very specific criteria for what relationship they might want, that they could potentially screen out mm-hmm. lots of other people that they would be really happy with that don't meet those those main criteria. You know, you know, earlier, Kevin, you said that uh, you didn't want to focus just on apps. But mm-hmm. as we were talking about the dating websites being, in the past, uh, considered less real, less important, um, I feel like that's kind of shifted. Like like oh, you yeah. said, Tina, that it's no longer considered less real or less uh, important. But now I feel like the apps have taken that place and that Tinder and things like that have considered a little bit more like the online dating used to be. But eHarmony and things like that have been taken more seriously. Is that... Sound, any, any truth to that to you guys? It almost seems like there's varying degrees of relationships depending on the app that oh, you Oh, certainly. And I've seen a very clear distinction. Like I had said, the whole Tinder bender and like that mentality of um, 
you don't know where you're at as a person, but you're trying to get over that long-term relationship. So you think that you want that connection that you had maybe sexually. And so you have that app to, to do that, which I don't know. I don't know if that person's always like they have the accessibility of any, like you said, any sort of range of app to find whatever they need. And I don't know with the push notifications too, people get suggestions of like, Oh, check this person out. We think as the application that this person would be best for you, which I mean, again, is too many options a good thing? Like, are all these, all these... That starts to become really creepy, like when you go to type in a Google search and it pulls up those things that um, it thinks you might be looking for based yeah. on previous searches. And when it hits the nail on the head, it always freaks me out a little bit. And again, I feel like that just only uh, supports the narrowing of, of what you think you want, I guess. And as as people change, they might... For this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, uh, it, it hurts my brain a little bit too, Well, Dennis. no... And this is why I, I appreciate having Dr. Chim on here because she's had such a wealth of experience, 20 years of doing couple counseling. But don't you learn from interacting with other people? I mean, just picking out somebody that specifically has your things and only trying that one person. I mean, you learn as a human being. You learn as an adult. You learn as a couple, whether it's an independent or independent relationship, how to be in a relationship by sometimes failing and sometimes going with other people. But if you just wait, mm-hmm. you know, and I agree with you. I remember 10 years ago, a colleague of mine said they found somebody online. I was like, you weren't good enough to find one without going online? But now I know it's shifted. It's completely shifted now. But don't you learn as a human being or as a couple from dating several different people? Or Yeah, but I mean, I think online dating does do that. I mean, it's I don't think it's common that somebody would meet that first person and that would be the one that they would end up dating. I mean, mm-hmm. I think people that find uh, that they go online, they date repeatedly and try to find that good match. So there is still face-to-face interaction. There is still that a learning curve, as you're talking mm-hmm. about, um, you know, and, and having to learn that skill of meeting someone and feeling like it isn't a good match and then being able to communicate about that and try to do that in, in kind and compassionate ways. And so I, I find that lots of people have to learn a lot of those skills that they would, you know, even if they were finding people in other places. Mm-hmm. But it's sold as an answer to having going out there. If you watch the new commercials on some of these places, which I won't mention, the, the more popular places they have interviewing people on the street like, so you've went through this whole dating thing, but you haven't tried E so-and-so. And it's sold like this is mm-hmm. the answer to it, like you're not going to necessarily experience of people and well, i think that's I a, think, there's a danger there well that i think i think that that's when the consumer has to really think like there's they're selling this platform to offer these options but the the platform itself isn't going to help them like maintain and grow relationships after they meet those people and i don't know if there's i don't know kind of a disconnect of when you you join these platforms you have all these options like it had said earlier some people get so into the the routine of checking these apps that I can only imagine that they're missing out on everything that's happening in front of them, even mm-hmm. even like just regular day stuff, not even in the pursuit of a significant other. It's just I think it, it, it becomes a problem for some. And I wouldn't right. say addiction, but I think it, they had mentioned that some people get addicted to this. this um, somebody else is out there, even mm-hmm. if they've gone on the dates right. with multiple, multiple people, right. that there's always somebody more that might be just a little bit more intriguing. Um, and then getting on that routine, I think, I don't know, I have no scientific data to say this, but something tells me that 
um, I, you won't ever get hungry type of thing. You might get on a constant rotation. Four, three, two, three, yes, eight, nine, join three. In. I can stop talking too. No, no this is more of like such an interest in like I said, a conversation that I've had with friends and and when I have conversations with friends that are on it, like I have my opinions and love to two of my friends that I have met because of online dating. Um, and so happy that they had that. But then I see some some misfortunes because of it or just like how it can be frustrating and so time consuming. I can't I can't reiterate enough how often you can get notifications. You know, one of the reasons why I like having Dr. Tim on the show, too, is that she can call me for what it is. These youngsters don't, sometimes don't want to call me for what I say. <laughs> so you can call me on this. But I think it's a crutch. I think I think these online datings is a crutch for because if you've never learned to actually relate to somebody and you've had some significant challenges in relating to somebody or even know what what it means to be in a relationship, you just go online and find somebody else. You just go online who has find somebody who has these characteristics and you never really learn, you just kind of sample the end. It's kind of like sampling to me. And what do you think? Am I full of it? Well, I think the part that you're not taking into consideration and the 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 times that I've, it's really been, um, uh, kind of warms my heart is when people have whatever it is about their personality that's quirky or unusual. Um, and they could date, you know, they could go to the bars and they could, you know, go to lots of different face to face things, but they don't have those skills to initially approach someone to even get to know them. And so it does offer an entryway that people can um, reveal themselves, you know, at the rate that they feel comfortable and sometimes hide behind, you know, the profile because they don't have to disclose everything initially. And so, I mean, I've known couples uh, in clinically that I'm not sure they they're a really good match for each other and I'm not sure they would have ever found each other had it not been for this wide net that they were able to throw out there you know and I I see that I really see that but at the same time I do understand the crutch that Dr. D was talking about um I this kind of dating did exist before online dating and stuff like that with speed dating and things like Mm -hmm. that but uh with the anonymity of it that you can kind of hide behind a profile. I definitely see that. I, I've heard of people more than once uh, who get out of a relationship or are in a really hard time and they'll go on Tinder and mm-hmm. their technique is to swipe right on everyone. And they kind of want to just see who's interested in them and they just want to know, you know, they kind of want to feel that without having to go out there and experience it. So I definitely understand the crutch. And I mean, not only the crutch, but if we talk, I mean, this is a conversation that we had about technology before and how it scares me in changing the way that that's, if we were going to talk very layman terms, like it's the most comfortable way people get information. And if that information happens to be information about people that could be in their general pool, but not in visual sight, then that just becomes like, just like checking your mail. Or just like going on Facebook, you know. And I know people, even on Facebook, that have friended people who have not any of the same circle of friends on Facebook just to start a conversation with them and Mm -hmm. say, hey, um, I've known even uh, gay people because they are not out themselves had messaged another person to start that connection that they wouldn't be able to have because Mm -hmm. they keep themselves in the closet. And so as a crutch, I can totally see it. for some people, I think the crutch helps them. For some people, I think it, it keeps them with the crutch. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other issue that um, 
you brought up when you talk about people being able to hide behind their profiles. Um, of course, I mean, this is stating the obvious, but people lie. Oh, yeah. On Deception. their profiles. And, <laughs> you know, I, I know someone who's on multiple, multiple different, um, you know, websites and has a different profile on each, each one. Jeez. And it's not that any of them are really misrepresenting. But they're just, you know, when you're looking for this over here, you might oh, yeah. kind of emphasize these things. And when you're looking for this over here, you might emphasize different things. And, Clever. But it is very, you know, unsettling almost that yeah, yeah. you can be out there. And, and I mean, that's not a case. I mean, and then there's the cases where people just out and out lie right. about oh, yeah. their height, about their weight, <laughs> yeah. about their education Put status. And they just pretend from 10 years ago. to be someone else completely. And that's a little frightening. And if you out there, audience, have uh, had any experience with online dating, any applications, any stories of meeting your significant other, please join the conversation. Or if you have any questions, we're giving out a prize pack, a uh, safe sex pack, if you will, uh, full of a year's worth of condoms and some other supplies if you uh, have any requests for anything. But call in 432 432- Three eight nine three and join the conversation. It's the Kevin Prize Pack, right? It's the Kevin. Oh, we'll call it. We'll, we'll call coin it the Kevin's the, the Kevin. Prize. The honorable first time Matt surprise pack. Yeah, there you uh, go. Matt's in there doing this. <laughs> you know, it's. But I totally agree with you on the other point. Is being the introvert, believe it or not, that I am. Uh, if I was this age, I would probably go online to look because I didn't have you know, the courage back then. If my wife didn't hadn't stumbled on me, <laughs> and asked me to marry her. Uh, I probably wouldn't be married because mm-hmm. I'm just I'm I'm an introvert like that. But it does scare me that people just go to it right away. I know mm-hmm. for some of those, and it would warm my heart to have somebody find somebody else online that they couldn't do any other way. But the the amount of trolling that happens online, the amount of uh, men and women at times who take advantage of men and women uh, through this these apps, you know, it's just almost become commonplace. You know, my wife's a sixth grade teacher. And she knows kids that play on these apps in her class, mm-hmm. you know, and look for, you know, uh, anything from a, wow. a quick, a quickie. I mean, it's amazing mm-hmm. what you find out. And, and that scares me. Yeah. It's, I think it's perhaps not as scary to young people these days. It's it's just kind of, I wouldn't say the norm, but it, it happens to be just something like i said i've i've heard more people talk about it now it's become more normal it's become something that you can like i said even do for a little bit but not be always known as the person that's going to go hook up with everybody but it's like, like we talked about in between relationships that people feel like since it's accessible it's there that's the way of getting a connection between those real connections and mm-hmm. whether or not they have the goal of and who knows, maybe people happen to meet up for a hookup and then they stay together because they realize their sex life's great. And then after the sex, they realize, oh, we can actually talk and hang out. So there's, I think, so many different degrees where there could be good things that come out of it. But it has become so part of conversation, I think, whenever Well, whenever I want to go back to up. the question that I yeah. sort of originally asked you, Dr. Tim, was that are, do you feel that the – God, do I sound old – the young people today are looking for the same thing in relationships that they did 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. Are they looking for the same things? Are they looking for that? Or do they even understand what it means to be in a committed relationship or intimate relationship? Quinn, I'm not picking on you. <laughs> all right, all right. Okay. I mean, is it the same or am I just... I would, I would argue yes. We are um, 
programmed from birth to want to be connected to other people. And that hasn't changed, and I don't think it will change. I think the ways in which we connect um, will vary. Um, but yes, I think everyone ultimately wants to feel close and connected to those around them. One person? I mean, one-on-one, -on -one, or is it different now? Is it? Oh, now you're opening up a whole other can of worms because it uh, gets into the idea of whether or not we're wired to be monogamous, and that could be a whole show in and of itself. <laughs> um, I think Noted. some people are, for whatever reason, in terms of their history, their culture, their um, religion, being monogamous is extremely important to them, and that is a part of what they're looking for over a lifetime. And then there's other people that um, maintain intimate relationships, but that doesn't necessarily mean monogamy. And I've seen couples do that very successfully, where they have an open relationship. They can have sex with other people. It's talked about. It's known about. It's not a betrayal because it's not a secret. Mm -hmm. So they have that closeness, the connection, the attachment. They have a primary relationship, but it doesn't have this mandate of monogamy. You fell into my trap. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, the reason I say that is that I, I did a, uh, I told Kevin before the show, I did a, uh, a presentation to the task force the other day. And I was talking about perceptions and misperceptions of this age group and showed where the data shows that actually we as a campus and across the nation, young people are more and more being a monogamous. We had 76% of our students who said uh, self-report that they're either not having sex with somebody or they're in a committed relationship, 76. But the perception is that 90% of students are in, are in uh, multiple relationships. And I'm wondering, because of the dating and or the uh, electronic dating and everything like that, if young people aren't really looking for a monogamous relationship, but they assume by what they hear about college students and all this talk about, you know, the dating and stuff like that, that everyone's being, you know, multi-relationship and going from one person to another, that that's what they should do. That's why I asked you the question, because the data shows that yeah, and it's slowly trending towards monogamous relationships. But when, whenever I present that, there'll no be a group like the State News or somebody else who'll come out and say, oh, that can't be true. You know, 76% <laughs> of students can't be in either choosing to be abstinent, which that's their choice. And that's gone up. And it's gone up. Yeah. So, you know, that's why I asked the question mm -hmm. about whether, you know, you think people still want to just, you know, find that one connection. Right. Uh, and I wasn't uh, speaking specifically about college students. I was right. kind of thinking more right. across the across the lifespan. So, I mean, I think what's interesting is some of our best nationally um, uh, represented data on um, relationships is that um, people who are in long-term monogamous relationships actually report higher satisfaction than those who are single. And, you know, sometimes that flies in the face of what we portray as marriage, which is, oh, it's boring and it's, you know, you get um, like it's less appealing in some ways. And I think part of that is the grass is always greener, right? The people mm -hmm. who are in long-term relationships you know, are envious of the people that can go out and have sex with anyone they want. And the people who are out there having kind of empty relationships and having sex with everyone they want, they long for the committed relationship. And so. there's always the perception of you think your friend's single, so they're... Oh, you can have your right. fun, and perhaps that person's not even right. out there to have their fun, right. or the opposite, and think that. And the people with children wish they were anybody else. No, I'm, kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. You know, this is really interesting because last year, 
um, sometime around April, I believe, uh, NPR had a had a, a release that uh, it was an all time low for marriage in the U.S. Um, and when they looked deeper into that, they found that it wasn't really that people were refusing to get married. It was that people were waiting longer to get oh, married. Yeah. And so that speaks a lot to college students, I think. Oh, you yeah. know, they're younger, so maybe they're looking for more of that. But I don't know. It doesn't mean necessarily the committed relationships are lower. It just means That's true. the actual uh, right. institution of marriage is. Right. A right. lot of people, I know a lot of folks are in committed relationships, but they just choose not to get married one way or another. Mm-hmm. You think, I mean, this is a random thought, that our capacity, like, our capacity to see all of these options, let's say if we were online dating, um, could change the way that we event, like when you guys were out dating when you were when you were a kid, were you... You assume I dated. <laughs> well, no, the idea of, of, of uh, the idea of somebody else out yeah. there, if you ever just looked even, not even spoken to people, um, like I said, geographically, who was in the room would be who you were looking at to... F- pursue if there was anyone there and would there be something to our psyche do you think like with all of these options to skew like oh there's got to be more than one person out there for me like i don't know it just seems to me that having all of these options could um we i don't know if you can grasp what your end goal is of that connection with that one person when you can see all of these options or the potential of all of these options not even that they're started relationships, but just the idea that there's so many ways of finding it that it becomes insignificant, like that end goal becomes... Well, are, you th- are you saying that with the advent of the way we can reach anyone anywhere mm-hmm. in the U.S. and look at anything, that I should question my relationship I'm in to say, is this the best one for me? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Because if my wife's listening, you're in big trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I won't ask you that question. But, but no, you know... Um, like uh, like you had said, the grass is always greener. I mean, you can kind of always think with with these options out there now that something is could be out there more or but different. But I would argue that I don't think human nature has changed that much. And certainly okay. even before there was online dating, there were men and women who were kind of – I remember a couple that I worked with where the it was a heterosexual couple and the, the – and they weren't married yet, but he said, you know, it's like when you hug me, you're looking over my shoulder to see if there's anyone else in the room that's better than me. (laughs) (laughs) And that was constantly how he felt. And so, I mean, and that had nothing to do with online dating. But I think it was a product of her being restless, her being unhappy with herself, um, her, you know, needing a constant um, flow of that... um, I think kind of what you were referring to, which is validation from other people. So this is one person who says they love me, but I am a I'm an empty bucket with or I'm a I'm a bucket with a hole in it, and I need lots of people to give me that validation. Mm-hmm. And so online dating has allowed for that external validation to come in, but just with a different forum. And I think there is more accessibility as a result of that. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can sit down on any given night on a website, and if it matches you with 20 different people, you can send an email to all 20 people right. and maybe get a hit on, you know, five of them or whatever. Those are five people that are going to show some interest in you. And for people that have, that, you know, struggle with feeling good about themselves, you know, sometimes that's the boost that they're looking for. And as a therapist, I would argue, well, you know, that's maybe not the best way of, you know, <laughs> trying to... Um, 
I mean, I think everyone needs a little pick-me-up sometime, potentially. But if that's your constant go-to that defines who you are and it's your primary way of getting your self-esteem, that's a little unhealthy. And I'm sure there are people that don't don't use it as much as I've heard some of my friends use it. And like I said, it can be such a time suck. It could take so, so, so much of your time out of your day when you could have gone to the store and met somebody. Not that I'm saying it's just that easy, because I could be a disgruntled person and say, well, why isn't it that easy? But no, I, I, I feel like there are some people I think that um, probably don't abuse it, probably use it very minorly and and it happens to be like that they themselves don't always swipe right on Tinder, but they are actually very like, am I, of course, reading the text underneath their picture or am I just looking at their picture? And I think that there are people that do take it seriously and they aren't one to go on dates all the time. They actually choose their dates um, very after much thought and consideration, I think. Um and I guess I don't. I've been fixating on the people that probably use it excessively. Well, or the... Not to get off topic too much, but okay. I would like to ask both Quinn and uh, Dr. Tim: Do you think this generation needs more validation than generations in the past? Because when I look at you know, Kevin and I have had these discussions. That's why I'm asking you about with uh, uh, you know texting and everything else. Everyone seems to need valid uh, Facebook. They need to put everything up there so somebody responds to it. It seems to me, and it may be because it's a different context, that this generation seems to need a lot more validation. I mean, if they went to the bathroom, they put it up there and somebody will say, hey, good, great. I mean, it's like validation because you ate lunch at the restaurant. I mean, come on. Even in these apps, you can like take a photograph and hope somebody likes the photograph within the app so that it's another level of like, oh, I didn't. I didn't talk to you, but I liked your photo. Or, or is technology just feeding into a need as human beings we all have for validation? It's just easier now. Yeah, it. yeah, that's what I think it is. I think I don't think any generation needs any more validation, but I definitely feel that it's it's incredibly easy now. There's a hundred websites and apps and things where you can just have random meetings with people. They have, uh, you know, video random video chat generators where you can just get oh, yeah. thrown into a chat room with anyone and. That, that can be a kind of thing where it's just you get validation from that. And I, I don't think that comes from a need for more validation, but I, I do think because it's so accessible, uh, it's a lot harder to forget about it. Well, just to make sure we're covering our bases, you're a great host, Quinn. We're giving you validation. Matt, you're doing a great job in there. Validation. Do you think it's, it's not more of a need? It's just more ways to get it? Well, I mean, I think, again, if we were to look across people through the generations, I think that the people's need to be wanted and liked has stayed largely the same. But what I will say is that with all these different ways of um, technology uh, allowing um, people to get, you know, the like button hit and stuff, I mean, that lights up a part of your brain, and so I think really? that I think that the technology it's not that the person's need has not changed but I think it's it's like going gambling or it's like any other type of thing that has an addictive quality to it. It's like, oh, let me let me post this and see how many likes I can get and every time it bings it like causes that little rush that. of adrenaline like, oh, they people like me and so then you know you got to do it more and you got to do it more and you got to do it more and your brain needs that constant flow Absolutely. of like 
you know, mm-hmm. little endorphins or whatever. I'm not an endocrinologist. So, <laughs> so do you think there's like a, a demographic of people who use all of these online dating things solely for that kind of that feeling, that validation? I I think that that's one of the things that um, that can be facilitated by this type of technology. And again, I, I would say that at a at a core level, there's probably equally needy people that, you know, from the 1960s or mm-hmm. wherever. Um, but I, I think that there is something chemically that goes on in the brain when when people get that hit, and that I think. Uh, and I don't want to be a jerk, but wouldn't that diminish the import, like the stuff that might be important? Like, wouldn't that like make some things that would be significant if you hadn't gone through all of this getting the likes and you post something that you maybe even are disappointed because you didn't get the likes you needed, but it was some time and energy that you put into it. But right. because you saturated the market, I don't want to say, but like you're you're losing a significance of what certain interactions can be or what that validation well dr tim dr tim will probably know us you guys are a bit too young to know us but i call it the sally fields complex you like me you like me and i truly i like sally field okay so (laughs) i truly believe you're right i believe that uh although i may i i still think that this generation has a, a more of a need and that need for validation may have been created by the technology but it almost seems like there's more of a need. And I don't think back in the 60s when you didn't have as much access to get validation from other people, you had to work a little harder on your own internal core to provide your own validation. But now it's so easy. I mean, I'm, no. dear, I, I do love you, but I do, <laughs> do need to talk about your addiction to Facebook. My, my dear partner will even go on and, you know, there's a dislike on something she said. It crushes her. I mean, she has to have so many likes, and, and she, she goes to Facebook all the time, and she's looking for, you know, she'll post a picture up there, and if there's 42 likes, it's like, hey, made it. It's great, and I go, <laughs> what is wrong with me that I don't understand this? You know, is it this addiction? I know. We've talked with several people about how it creates that endorphins and how you get that rush, and if you don't get so much of that in a day, you know, you start to have withdrawal symptoms. It's like... Oh my God, I didn't get 42 likes today. All right, so when I first told our operations director, Sammy, I don't know if you met her, about the topic that we were talking, discussing technology, the first thing she said was, uh, what do they know about that? <laughs> <laughs> so how many how many people in this room have used one of these apps? Oh, Tinder? I yeah? Oh, yeah. I no, neither, haven't. Neither I've been married for quite some time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what a hashtag was until two months ago. <laughs> So no, I don't. What I do see to us old folks, that's tic tac toe. <laughs> <laughs> what I do see is what I believe, you know, and it's it, it's my own observation is a uh, disengaged generation and a distracted generation that the obsession for looking at uh, their technology to find, you know, what they're missing out on or validation. It decreases their ability to see what's going on in the natural environment and see what's going on in the natural world, i.e., I don't know how many students have almost hit driving around campus who walk right out into the middle of... And it's not just that. It's it's everything. You know, it's it's lack of eye contact. You know, we talked mm-hmm. with Dr. Scott Becker in the counseling center. Oh, yeah. He talks about how the brain is actually changing its neurochemistry by virtue of not getting eye contact with other human beings. 
And that worries me because I, I tend to think that they live in a technology world now. And yeah, no, you can tell, Sammy, I don't know that much about technology. <laughs> I don't want to know that much about technology unless it affects how we are working with humanity. Well, to be right. fair, I've never used uh, Tinder myself. Um, <laughs> I've seen it. I, I have a lot of friends who have shown me Tinder, but I've never really uh, taken taken it seriously enough. Why is it? Oh, I've seen, yeah. I, I People I, took, give it to their friends, and they're like, go ahead, and their friends will decide. Or even I've seen one guy give him, he was drinking. It was at a bar. He gave it to his sister, who just was like, no, swiped left because she was j- jokingly like, I don't want to see you with her. So I've seen people take it to the point of a joke before where, like, they downloaded an app, probably with no intention of meeting up with half of the people, just because they're seeing, oh, who's out there? The fear of missing out, perhaps, type of thing. We're little FOMO. But yeah. Anyways, you were saying though, like you've seen friends download it for fun, and yeah, yeah. And I've seen a lot of friends that uh, we were talking about the addiction Mm -hmm. earlier. I've seen a lot of friends who have uh, gotten rid of Tinder and then re-downloaded it a hundred times over. Um, But I've never downloaded it myself, and I I feel, uh, I mean, during its release, I've I've been in a relationship this entire time. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I. I feel like it's to a lot of people, it's kind of a joke, you know, play around or with just it. entertainment, simple mm-hmm. em- entertainment mm-hmm. to see what it, what's out there. And then if something sparks their interest, oh, there's something to pursue. If not, like it's just another app and it's just another per- swipe, it's just another no. Well, certainly, as a clinician, my heart breaks for the people who don't ever get swiped. Whichever way is right. the yes way. In our first conversation, I remember I, I thought yeah. the same thing. I was yeah, I want to download it now and start swiping the people the right way. Just to make the right them way. feel good about themselves. Yeah. I know. Another thing was, Becky had said earlier, uh, she had known people who had talked about it who asked for a non-smoker, but then they still got matched with people that smoked. So there was just even small, small kinks that have made people dislike it in some rights because they're like, this is not really narrowing it down as simple as a as a uh, suggestion of smoking or non-smoking but like well if you have an experience with tinder and you're out there listening to <laughs> sex exposure 432-3893 kevin's itching to give away his complimentary sex pack i got 100 which, condoms here what are we gonna do with 100 them? condoms <laughs> are we including anything else in there oh yeah to be honest if it, uh the uh person that calls in wants uh safer sex supplies such as dental dams female condoms um, lubricants, uh, flavored condoms. Did you for bring your oral a, a dental dam for Matt I to try? I did not bring the dental dams this time. Oh, no, we want to try it. Matt, you're in trouble next time, dude. We'll bring them next time, though. But if you call in and if you have a question, a comment, or like like we said, any sort of experience using online dating sites or Tinder, Grinder, anything that you found positive and or negative, call in and you'll get a sex, safer sex. Uh, so kit. if if a couple came to you, Doctor Tim, and said, "Well, not a couple." <laughs> An individual came to you and said, you know, I really would like to try online dating. What advice would you give them? Oh, I think there's a lot of safety tips out there, certainly, in terms of, um, I mean, well, let me go back to the basics. I'd want to help them to discern what it is that their goal was. And that could be very different across different people. It could be that they're very introverted and they don't know how to meet people. It could be that they're um, just exploring, you know, who's out there. It could be that they're looking for hookups. It could be that they're looking for a long-term relationship. So first, I think helping them to really be clear on that because there are different sites 
that have different purposes. And, and I wouldn't, um, I think it's good for them to do their research around which ones are more likely to be um, the type of site that they're looking for. And then, you know, I'm not an expert on what all the tips would be, but certainly I would not ever want a client to meet someone for the first time um, that wasn't in a, a public place where, you know, they weren't alone with that person in case they didn't feel safe. And that's like the one that freaks me out the most in terms of, you know, having worked with sexual violence in the past with clients. So oh, I would never want them to meet someone that they just met um, and not have control over being able to leave mm -hmm. if they wanted to. Mm -hmm. So, you know. So really the, the, the safety uh, comments. And, and I like the fact that you talk about actually talking to somebody about what's their goal. Mm -hmm. What are you looking for? Because I think we started off with that with, with me asking, you know, what's the purpose? You know, what, why would we want to do this? I mean, this still is very... Uh, disconcerting to me uh, on many levels but i do see the uh, i do see the benefit for some especially those who cannot necessarily find people the other way but i do want to i know we only have a few minutes but I want, this article you brought in about the, oh. the east coast <laughs> this was hilarious the craigslist uh there was just a, a a highlight of how many people because the storm was coming yesterday or the day before big snowstorm and biggest today. one in 25 years and and they would be perhaps snowed in that people were putting so many uh, ads on Craigslist asking for companions in the snow. And <laughs> it made an article where I think, I don't know if it was the New York Times that had posted a couple ones that were were uh, uh, New York safe and suitable to talk about. But a lot of them were just like people looking for that other body in the New room York to keep warm. New York Craigslist <laughs> seeking blizzard romances, snowstorm cuddle buddies. <laughs> So, well, I did read an article that um, predicted that there will be um, a yes. significant bump That's of um, births in 12 months. That's hilarious. <laughs> there will be a population explosion on the East Coast in <laughs> around September. Yeah. Uh, well, not just you, because of Craigslist, no, but yeah, people who are in long-term relationships that just have, you know, time off work and <laughs> can have some fun. They're home alone and the, the electricity is off and uh, gotta keep exactly. warm. Wow, that is can't not charge at all. your phone, so no. you know you gotta look at each other. <laughs> it's forced off the apps. Yeah, uh, that is not at all what I thought when I thought a blizzard. I wasn't thinking. Yeah, right. Population boom. Right. Well, it, it happens wherever you see this. You know, wherever you get people that are closed in for a while, especially. I mean, happens in the UP. <laughs> Every September we have a. <laughs> Little population. No, and it, and it brought to question or it brought to the topic uh, the idea that people were just looking for companions, not even the sex part of it. Some people was ta they were talking about uh, cooking pancakes and uh, drinking hot cocoa all day, and he's got lots of books. So I don't know if he was just masking his intentions <laughs> with a great story, but people were just looking for for company. I think during... Matt wants a cuddle buddy. I can see him in there. Yeah, he's, he's, like he's he looking lonely buddy. behind the glasses, uh... isn't he? But you know, I, I don't think there's. You know, in times of in times of distress, in times when things are very confused in society, I think people do kind of gravitate to wanting to be with somebody else. I mean, it's like like you said, it, we're hardwired mm -hmm. to want to yeah, be. Yeah, there with is somebody. research that that shows that people who are in stressful situations together are more likely to fall in love. So oh. if you get like you know, kidnapped with someone that you normally wouldn't be attracted to at all, by the end of it, you'd be like, "Ooh, you're looking pretty good." <laughs> <laughs> The, the, but that's true. Yes. There's there's research that supports that. Well, yeah, and uh, 
I think about there was a story I think it was way back in the day with the amazing race where there was a couple that they were divorced I think but at, but they were still friends and then they went on the missions together and I think that they got married again did they um because they just had gone through all this stuff and they were like oh this this is why we 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 were together in the first place type of thing see doesn't your point about that uh, crisis that brings people together uh talk to my point about why i think that the uh online speed kind of dating kind of a quickie not not putting in the time necessarily uh, that you would i mean if Somebody's in crisis and somebody's in a, locked in the same type of situation. They have to spend amounts of time together. And we could call that intimacy in some ways of sharing that, that time. Is, but isn't that what it's really all about is finding out about the other person? Yes. And I would argue that the meeting happens online, but what people really want is face-to-face mm-hmm. at some point. And so those things yeah. still happen. It's just the initial way that you come in contact with them has shifted to some degree. I'm waiting for the app to come out that creates your own avatar uh, in a relationship. <laughs> so you don't have to actually go on the dates. Right. Well, you know, just, what, we'll know. what was that movie that was on not too long the, the ago? Oh, Joaquin Phillips. Oh, oh her. He, her, yeah. Her. You know, Which is with the surrogate? Is that what you're yeah, talking about? Yeah, sur- that was interesting. It was interesting. He had a relationship with the computer the screen. Computer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, at the the article that was discussing these pros and cons that we have here about online dating and offline dating, um, kind of concluded with that if people choose online dating, there has to be a happy medium of the offline dating and and knowing that once you decide through this platform of sifting through to find your dates that you will get to the real world situation which will open up the envelope to what you're talking about which are these experiences and and what uh, dr tim mentioned was like actually living the life that you would hope to find and to be honest i think i started a very negative tone about my opinion of online dating but i do believe like i would say about anything if my if my best friend found it that way hey All power to you because I, as a single man, am searching for somebody. And if there's any way to find somebody, hopefully, like, I'd be happy that I want my friends to be happy that I found somebody. And so there's no one size fits all. But I think it's important to know that beyond that platform of seeing all these photos and profiles, that there is a meeting point that you will have to live in that moment rather than think about what you're going to say in your profile or think about what your next email back to your person online would be. There will be a direct exchange where I think either will make or break, of course, because some people lie on their profile and they might Mm -hmm. become very evidently shown that they're lies in their first meeting. Right. I did. Yeah. I wanted to bring up that point earlier, not to take us off on a tangent. I know we're running out of time, but um, I've also had that happen with clients that I've worked with where they have um, misrepresented themselves in some way based on gender, based on sexual orientation, whatever it might be, and then um, that person wants to take it to another level and they are really stuck with, oh, now how do I back out of this? Can Mm -hmm. I be honest? What will happen? And then what do I do? And that person's pursuing them and they don't know how to extricate themselves from the situation. Or they might really like that person, (laughs) but now they've dug this hole. Mm -hmm. Now that said, 
You know, there's lots of people that did that before online dating mm -hmm. and misrepresented themselves or left out certain truths and, and later had to come clean or break off the relationship because they didn't feel comfortable doing that. Mm -hmm. So that's, you know, that's kind of as old as But isn't time. there a skill to actually ending a relationship? To me, it's so easy to end these relationships now. You either, boom. Just... Well, it is and it isn't. I mean, people can still um, harass you and stalk you mm -hmm. and bug you. And, um, Make a new you know, if you don't set clear boundaries, you. then, you know, that can go on for quite some time. And mm -hmm. have you ever read those um, those horrible, um, I don't even know what to call exchange text exchanges, where someone sets a boundary and said, you know, I'm really not interested in you, and then they just get attacked by the other person. You know, well, you're not that good looking anyway, and I never really wanted to date Complete you. Defense and, mechanism. And go like yeah. you know, and get go into the character Brutal. attacks, and and you know, the the receiving person is like, what the heck? You know, I in very appropriate ways said it's just not something that I wanted to pursue. But a couple of them that I read were really frightening with their tone and their level of um, threat, even mm -hmm. you know, because and it does it comes out of that um, place of rejection. So they're covering up those softer feelings by those those hard feelings and going on attack. But, you know, I don't, I mean, even you might think it's easy. Well, you just stop emailing them or texting them. But, you know, given how much information that you may have shared, mm -hmm. they can still yeah, show I think, up. I think it goes both ways. I think, you know, we used to talk back in the days, we used to talk about the skill of how to end a relationship, you know, a significant relationship one way or another. And it just seems because we, we've had colleagues who have been, doing the online dating who, when he or she says, ah, not right, just boom, changes their profile and there's actually no mm -hmm. closure whatsoever. Right. Now, the other side of it is, yeah, it's the harassment and the stalking and all that stuff. But on the other hand, it's like, uh, we, we dated three times and- It just didn't work out. That's oh, didn't the, work out. Boom. Don't talk. And, and you just move on. It's like, oh gosh. Okay, the, but the that hasn't changed. Withdrawal. I mean, how many people went on a date with one or two people back in the day and then just never called them again. Mm -hmm. And didn't have good closure and didn't give them a reason and didn't have the guts to just be forthright about it. You know, and I think that when we're talking about this whole uh, stalking uh, harassment through the messages, points out the issue in uh, uh, my friends looking for validation. Swipe right every time. And, uh, you know... You're you ha you have to talk to them afterwards. If they swiped right on you, that that's that's the thing right. is you you're, can talk to each you're opening other. Opening this line. Yeah, as well as Dr. D's um, offer to go on there to give people that validation and, and swipe right. <laughs> then you're gonna have to let them down when you, when you say sorry. I'm right. Married or something. No, I'm, I'm just right. gonna, I'm gonna swipe everybody the right way, and make them all feel good. And yeah. there, it, the ease of unmatching somebody, like ending that line of conversation, is is there. They're able to, oh, that conversation never existed. It's out of my queue. It's out of my log. That didn't happen. Right. But like you said, that people dis, have yeah. been dismissive about things in the past yeah. without the technology there. Yeah, and some people are very conflict avoidant and, mm -hmm. or very kind and don't want to hurt people's mm -hmm. feelings. And so they don't know how to say it in Leave a way that kind of lets people down easily. And then they... You know, don't set clear boundaries or don't come out and, you know. I, so I think that dilemma yeah. is as old as old as time, you know, when people don't handle that in um, mature ways. I like the old answering machine let down. The old days of Leaving just sitting on the answering machine and let them <laughs> oh down. Kidding. I know Matt's we got to close chicken. it up. Yeah. Matt, yeah. just so you people know, Matt, I'll swipe now, you the right way, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, 
Yeah, so we are running out of time here. Uh, how about a quick quick wrap up, uh, uh, overview? What we cover? Uh, the dilemma. I think that if there's options out there, I'm not going to say pres- they should be prescribed because by no means should anyone be prescribed a certain way of doing things. But I think it's good to just kind of examine that there are options out there that you don't need to necessarily dive into every option, but know that. If online dating or those apps are, are your choice, um, the, the, there is that other side of it where you will meet the person and there will be experiences needed to have. Do your due diligence. Yes. Do your awesome. research. Yes. Yeah. Make sure you're safe on what you're doing. Awesome. All right. Uh, anyone listening, this has been Sexposure. Uh, Exposure is on every Tuesday at 7, but at the end of the month it becomes Sexposure. Make sure to join us next month. I've been your host, Quinn Hoffman. And and the sexperts. Thank you so much. See you next time. Thank you. Broadcasting from the campus of Michigan State University, you've been listening to Impact Exposure. Exposure.